to the VU Church Podcast. Are you waiting on God, waiting for a dream, a breakthrough, an answer? The truth is, we're all waiting on something. It's how we wait that makes all the difference. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. shares how to wait on the vision in this message, Waiting on a Miracle. To discover the vision, visit vuchurch.com slash vision. Now let's lean into the message together. Uh, Today, out of Mark chapter 10, uh, I want to preach it how I feel it. This is what the scripture says. We're going to start in verse 46. Going to look at a uh, a story, and then out of that story, we're going to make some observations. The Bible says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man... Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, someone say immediately. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Uh, I want to take some time today, and I want to preach from the subject, waiting on a miracle. Waiting on a miracle. Would you pray with me? Let's believe that God is going to anoint these words. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that, Lord, in times, Lord, where we feel uncertain or we feel like the ground isn't stable, we know that your word is something that we can trust in. So, God, I pray today that you would begin to speak to your people Have your way in this house today. We believe that you are working. And God, while you work, we will wait on you. We love you. We praise you. And if you agree with that prayer, all of God's people said? Come on, all of God's people said? If you love Jesus, 10 a.m., make a little bit of noise in the house. Uh, We are in this year-end collection, and it's sort of become our tradition that we end the year in expectation so we can start the year in execution. And I love that. I love that we don't start our year with a vision collection, but we end our year with a vision collection. Habakkuk, as we looked at very first week, says that we are to write the vision down. We're ending the year writing some things down so we can start the year running towards the vision. And I firmly believe that God is up to something in our community. December 10th, we will all come and bring our annual bricklayers offering. And this is an offering that is a faith exercise that propels us and accelerates the vision. It speeds up the vision. God gives us the vision, and then we get to determine at what pace do we want to get there. What I believe is, is I believe that God has incredible things in store for us. In fact, next Sunday, I want to encourage you to be in church. 
Because I firmly believe that next Sunday, I'm going to announce the greatest miracle that VU Church has yet seen in the last eight years, and I'm excited about it. I believe God is preparing us for what he's prepared for us. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's prep season. Have you ever prepared for something? Uh, I know I'm annoying, but I'm preparing for a marathon. And one of the best things about running a marathon is telling everybody you're preparing for a marathon. Because when you're preparing for a marathon, it's all you talk about, it's all you think about. It starts changing the way that you live. My schedule changes, my eating changes. I'm waking up at different times. Why? Because I'm preparing for something in the future. I believe at VU Church, it is prep season. We need to get prepared for some miracles in 2024. We need to get prepared for a harvest in 2024. Come on, somebody. We need to get prepared for some God opportunities, some things that we could not create on our own, but God has been preparing them for us. If you believe it, make a little bit of noise in this house. I don't know what you're waiting on, but I know in my life personally, there are some miracles that I am waiting on. I suppose the question today is, is that if you're waiting on a miracle, how do you wait? What do you do? Uh, I love the story in Mark chapter 10. Maybe you've heard it before if you've been around church, but it's the story of blind Bartimaeus. And there's so much in the story to pull out, but I wanna just highlight a couple of truths that I see today that I believe pertain to us as a church. The Bible says that one day Jesus and his disciples, they were passing through Jericho. And as they were passing through, there was this blind man, his name, Bartimaeus, and he was on the roadside and he was begging. Now, he's begging because he's blind and because he's blind, he is unable to work a job. Now, before you say, well, why can't he work a job? It's not just because he's blind. You need to understand that in that time period, people believed that his blindness was a result of sin. So those that saw him would say that you're actually being judged by God. Your blindness is a consequence for some evil act. So being blind in this time period isn't just a physical disadvantage. He wasn't just at a disadvantage physically. He was also an outcast socially. So what I want you to get about him is that Bartimaeus would go to sleep every night in isolation, and then he would wake up in darkness. He knew something about loneliness. He was accustomed to being alone, and now he's in a place that he's literally, he's leaning on the mercy of those around him by begging to actually sustain and actually make it through the day. He has to cry out to people, and he has to ask them for help. He's a man who is in a real situation. And the scripture says that as he's begging there, one day Jesus walks by. When I think about blind Bartimaeus, what I start to wonder is I wonder how long was he blind? Was he born blind? Did he become blind? I actually don't know any of those answers. What I do know is that somehow in his journey, he didn't let his hurt steal his hope. I've seen this in so many people that so many of us, we get hurt by life, and because life hurts us, we start to lose our hope in life. Maybe someone hurts you, or 
Something hurt you or some place hurt you, and now today your hope has begun to diminish. Have you ever heard that statement where someone says, don't get your hopes up? People that say don't get your hopes up, they're not trying to be mean, they're actually trying to be merciful. Because what they're suggesting is, is they don't want you to get your hopes up because they don't want you to get disappointed if you don't get what you're believing for. They don't want you to live defeated. Because the truth of the matter is, is that expectation without revelation only leads to a life of frustration. And there is no doubt that vision gives pain purpose, but how many y'all know, having vision can also create some frustration. Because when you have vision, you're so aware of what you're believing for, what you're desiring for, what you want, but you know where you are, and there is this large gap, and the longer life goes without you getting what you're believing for, you can start to go blind. You can start to lose your vision. And maybe you're in this room today, and you're not blind like Bartimaeus, but maybe you have lost your vision. Maybe you've been waiting for so long for that thing that somehow you're starting to wonder, did I see it right? Did I miss it? Will I ever get healed? Why have I been hanging on to hope? The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Some of you in this room, you know exactly what that feels like. You have been waiting and longing and hoping. I think Bartimaeus understands how you feel. He understands that situation of believing and longing for something. People won't tell you this, but you ought to know hope is heavy. To hang on to hope, that's heavy. To wait and to wait and to wait and continue to believe that is a burden. But I would suggest to you today that you and I, we can't hold hope up. God never tells you to uh, get your hopes up. That's not what he ever says to us. It's not about holding your hope up. It's about putting your hope in. We're not supposed to hold hope up. It's too heavy. We're supposed to put hope in. Look at what David said in Psalm 42, verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Watch this. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. We don't hold hope up. We put hope in. I'm not putting my hope in a result. I'm putting my hope in God. I'm not putting my hope in an outcome. I'm putting my hope in God. I'm not putting my hope in the opportunity. I'm putting my hope in God. Put your hope in God. The scripture says, they that wait on the Lord, hoping is waiting, but they that wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. You never waste time waiting on God. While you wait on God, he renews you, he strengthens you, something is getting ready to happen. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick, but watch this. Hope revealed is always worth the wait. It's always worth the wait. I'm not coming here today to tell you to get your hopes up. I'm here today to say, put your hope in God. If you're waiting on a miracle, put your hope in God. Because he will not fail you. 
He will not let you down. He is author, perfecter, and finisher of your faith. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out unto completion. All the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them came to be. He knows what he is doing. Put your hope in God. I'm telling you what, it is worth the wait. Just ask Bartimaeus. I think when it comes to this idea of waiting and trusting on God, uh, we look to Bartimaeus' story because somehow life had hurt him, but he never lost his hope. We see it in the text. I think when it comes to waiting, the question is, how should we wait? Because it can be lonely when you're waiting. Um, it made me laugh. This morning, I was on a run with some of our uh, guys in our church, and as we were running, uh, we ran by this girl. She was running all alone but it's kind of a custom at a lot of CrossFit gyms that when it's your birthday, at the CrossFit gym, they will put balloons and you do the whole workout with balloons around you. And usually you do that in community. Everyone's like, hey, happy birthday. And you know, they, they lift the bar and stuff. But I was laughing this morning because at 6 a.m., this girl was all by herself with balloons coming up from behind her. <laughs> and I was like, there you go. You got a revelation. Sometimes people won't celebrate you in your waiting. Sometimes people won't applaud you while you're in process, but you better get a revelation. I'm gonna have to learn how to celebrate myself while I wait on God. I need the right attitude. The right attitude. What should your attitude look like while you wait on God? You know, I have three children. My oldest son, his name is Wyatt. My second son, his name is Wild. And then my daughter, her name is Waylon. Uh, Wyatt is quite large for his age. He's in the top 90 percentile. And then Wild, who is wild at heart, is quite small for his age. And most of the time, it's not a big deal, except when you go to Disney, this problem is very revealed in our family. Wyatt is tall enough for every ride, and Wild is too short for every ride. Wild is ready for every ride, but he's too short to make it on the rides. And so this past time we were up at Disney and Wild's like, Dad, I think I'm tall enough. And I was like, son, I just, I don't think that you are. You are well below 40 inches. He's like, Dad, but, but can we try? I, I, I said, yeah, let, let's try. Let's get you some thick shoes and, um, <laughs> yo, let's, 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 let's spike up your hair. <laughs> so Wild got completely ready to go to Disney. He had a big smile on his face. And let me just show you what I think waiting on God ought to look like. Here's a picture of Wild at Disney. <laughs> I want you to get that picture in your heart. Because you want to know what waiting on God looks like? Do not lie to yourself and think that waiting on God means doing nothing. Waiting on God means spike up your hair. Find the tallest shoes you can. Get up in that line. Believe that you're going to get on that thing. Do something. Do something. This is how I would define waiting on God. Waiting on God means to do everything you can and surrender everything you can't. This is not some passive collection. This is an active word in your life. 
To wait on God doesn't mean I'm over in the corner in isolation. Waiting on God means nobody else has gotten me any balloons, but I got some balloons. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to spike my hair, and I'm going to believe my time is coming. Come on, somebody. Anybody in the house actually waiting on God for a miracle? I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to do everything I can, and then I'm going to trust him with what I can't. So if you're in this room today and you're believing God for a healing, you're sick in your body, you've got a bad diagnosis, this is what you do. You do everything you can. You go to God in prayer. You call the elders. You get the oil. You see the doctor. You change your diet. You start working out. But then you wait on him. You let go of your fear. You put your trust in him. You get rid of your bitterness. You don't hang on to your anger. You don't play the victim. If you got a dream in your heart that God has given you a picture of that business or that idea, you do everything you can. You seek God in prayer and you ask him, God, bring it about in my life. And then you go get the education and you watch the YouTube videos and you sharpen your skills and you build your network and you put yourself out there. But then you wait on him. You give up your timeline. You give up your five-year plan. You surrender it over to him. You quit comparing yourself to your neighbor. If you're here and you want to get married, Oh, I want to get married, Rich. Okay, do everything you can. Seek God in prayer. God, I want a partner. God, you said that if I will delight myself in you, you'll give me the desires of my heart. You stay interesting. You get interested. From time to time, actually leave your house. Just waiting on my man. Leave your house, sister. Unless you're gonna marry a guy from Uber Eats, that's all you're working with. Do what you can. But then you wait on God. You surrender it and say, I'm not gonna live my life for the culture. I'm not gonna define when I get married as my completion. I know what the word of God says. I am who God says I am. Waiting is not passive. Waiting is active. Waiting is me doing everything I can, but then trusting God with what I can't. Notice in every one of those scenarios, I always start it with prayer. Because there's always something you can do, which is called prayer. I love what Oswald Chambers, the great theologian, said. He says, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. We think prayer is getting us ready for something or prayer is accomplishing. No, prayer is developing you. You're taking your needs to God. He already knows your needs, but as you take them to God, he's going to change your perspective around your needs. I love this picture because here's Bartimaeus, and we see how this man chooses to wait. He kind of looks like wild to me. He's got his hair spiked up. He's got a good attitude. Somehow, in the midst of his trouble and pain, he hasn't lost his passion. How do I know? Well, the Bible says that as Jesus is passing through, Bartimaeus from the roadside starts crying out. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Notice what happens. Many people begin to rebuke him. They tell him to be quiet. Yo, wait your turn. Hush up. You're not important. 
hey, you're in this situation because of your own wrongdoing. He doesn't have time for you. But I like Bartimaeus. He's not going to let other people dictate his determination to get towards Jesus. He cries out all the more loudly. Son of David, have mercy on me. You know, we are in a vision collection. This word wait is more than just a topic. It really is the vision for our church that we are gonna wait on God, we're gonna trust God in his timing, and God is going to do a work while we wait. What I love about Bartimaeus is my man is blind, but he still got vision. Helen Keller, she said it this way. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is to have sight, but have no vision. Remember week one, I talked about it. Sight is what you see when your eyes are open, but vision, Vision is what you see when your eyes are closed. And Bartimaeus, he can't, can't see physically, but he still has vision. See, vision's an important thing because what will happen in life is that pain will get you focusing on what you don't have. But people of vision will just choose to start using what they do have. The scripture says that he heard that Jesus was there. I can't see, but I can still hear. Vision will get you focused on what you do got going for you. I might not be able to see with my eyes, but I still got a voice I can speak with. See, some people get so hurt in life that all they do is complain about what they're missing. But people of vision, they don't focus on what's missing. They say, I can still hear, I can still speak, and I'm going to use what I got. Son of David, have mercy on me. I feel like in our house right now, some of you are so focused on what you lost. Some of you are so focused on what was taken from you. But I need a church full of people who got vision to say, I don't have everything, but I got something. I'ma open up my mouth. I'ma stomp my feet. I'ma clap my hands. I got vision. Anybody got some vision in this house? Make some noise. I got vision. I got vision. I don't need physical eyesight. I see in the supernatural. I can't see him, but I sense him. I can't see Jesus, but I sense him at work. And I'm not going to let those around me determine and dictate my volume and my passion. I'm passionate. I'm passionate. I'm passionate. You know, sometimes in life, what I'll meet is I'll meet people that lack passion. Any area where somebody lacks passion is always a result of a lack of vision. If you got blurred vision, you're going to be apathetic. Let me just speak to the leaders right here, because not everyone's getting this today. That's all right. I'll work real hard today. I don't even mind. It's in my soul. Some of you, what happens to you in life is that you got people around you that are apathetic. So what you try to do is you try to inject them with your passion. But when I got people around me that are apathetic, I don't try to inject them with my passion. I hit them with vision. Because if you can see what I see, whoo You'd be waking up every day going, oh, I'm going to make the devil pay today. You would be waking up in such a way that you would be such a threat to the devil that every demon and legion in hell would say, oh, hell, he's awake again. I'm telling you what, it's a church that has supernatural vision that walks out passion. It's not hype. It's not false energy. It's not a counterfeit. I know where we're going. I've seen it in the supernatural. I got a reason to give God some praise. Take about five seconds right now. Lift up your voice. Praise him like you know it's about to happen. Hey!
way. If you lack passion today, you lack vision. You lack vi Quit telling me what you don't have. Bartimaeus could still hear, he could still speak, and it didn't stop him from getting the thing that he was believing God for. I'm gonna use what I got. At Voo Church, let's use what we got. I know we're out of space, God's gonna make space. Let's fill every room until he makes space. Let's, let's add more services until he gives us space. Let's not talk about what we're missing, let's talk about what we got. Eight years ago, we had no properties. Eight years ago, we had no roof. Oh, baby, we own two different buildings right now. If he's been this faithful, how much more? I'm getting tired. And the truth of the matter is, is that just being passionate doesn't mean that you won't have to wait. So I wanna get you shouting, because it matters how you wait, and I want you to hold on to hope, but not by lifting it up, but by putting it in God. We, we see Bartimaeus, he's there on the roadside, and he's, he's got this hope, he still believes that there could be an answer to this problem, and the answer's found in Jesus, but just because you're passionate doesn't mean that you won't have to wait. You, you still have to wait. You still have to continue to hope. People always ask that question, what's your favorite food? And when people ask that question, there's like two different camps. I guess one camp is your favorite food is, is the meal that you would have on your deathbed. And then I guess the other camp is your favorite food is the food that you would just eat every day if you're allowed to eat it every day. For me, the question's very easy to answer because in both hypothetical scenarios, I choose pizza. If I'm dying, bring me pizza. And if I'm living, I want more pizza. Um, I love pizza. And the other day, I went to uh, one of my favorite little pizzerias. You would know the place, I won't say it, because we love all the local businesses here in South Florida. And the um, place was packed. The place was pumping. All the tables were full. There was a line out the door. Couldn't get in. Finally got a table. And I remember just sitting at the table watching as this pizzeria, just like this assembly line, they're just pulling out pizzas, you know, pulling, making pizzas, pulling out pizzas, making pizzas, pulling out pizzas. And um, they, they, they brought us our pizza. It's a place I've been to many, many times, but when they brought our pizza, it wasn't, um, it wasn't right. It wasn't, it wasn't fully cooked. You know, I don't know how you like your dough, but I like it, you know, <laughs> crispy. It was soft and, and flimsy. And I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I'm pretty sure what happened was, was that the demand of people in the restaurant forced the chef to rush the delivery. You, you gotta be careful in life, because um, trying to please people, that will steal your sauce. But in the words of Little Caesars, <laughs> I don't just want it hot. It's gotta be hot and re re ready. <laughs> you didn't know I could preach pizza, huh? It's gotta be hot and ready. There's a lot of us that were passionate, but you're not ready. There's a lot of us that got good energy, but baby, you ain't ready. And one of the worst things that can happen to you is for you to get out of that oven too soon because you might look the part and you might be hot, but you're not ready. There's a lot of people in this room that you are waiting on a miracle 
but somehow in waiting on a miracle, you have forgotten that every miracle has a heavy weight. Every miracle has a heavy weight attached to it. That all of God's blessings, they're not spared from burdens. That the bigger the blessing, the bigger the burden. Some of us in this room, we're hot and we're passionate and we've been showing up and he's given us a vision, but we don't understand that we gotta stay in the oven. Someone say, stay in the oven. Don't get out prematurely. That fire and that heat is actually solidifying you. It's actually strengthening you. It's actually building a foundation so that you don't fall apart. I don't just wanna be hot, I wanna be hot and ready. He's getting you ready. He's getting you ready. My God, we live in a world today that the church at large somehow only thinks that it's only God who opens doors. Friend, the devil can open doors too. We think every open door is like, oh my God, it's God. No! Just because the door is open doesn't mean you gotta walk through it. And some of you are so eager to get out of the fire. You're so eager to be in the next season and the next step, but you have no idea that the fire is solidifying something. The fire is preparing you. God's preparing you for what he's prepared for you. But if you come out prematurely, you're not gonna last. You're not gonna be able to carry it. You're not gonna be able to make it. And we have a church that seeks God that we'd say, God, we don't just want to be hot for you. We want to be ready for you. You got people in your ear right now telling you, it's your hour. It's your season. Go. Do it now. Be careful. Be careful. Because you don't want the right thing at the wrong time. Be careful. Wait on God. Vision from God rarely requires immediate action. It always requires patience. If you've never waited for something from God, then whatever you're getting is probably not from God. Because God's greatest blessings always require us to put our hope in Him and endure the fire. And we see Bartimaeus, something just tells me from the text that it wasn't that he was just hot and waiting with a good attitude, but it shows us that he was prepared because the scripture says as he cries out, Jesus says, come to me. And they go, yo, Bartimaeus, he cheer up, he, he's calling you, and he gets up, and the scripture says when he gets up, he throws off his cloak. Sounds like a little detail, but every little detail in the Bible is there on purpose for a purpose. The cloak in that day and age, especially for a beggar, was in many ways an extension of their identity. It's usually the only garment that they would have that would cover them and keep them warm in the night. In many cases, the cloak was the thing that you would lay down and you would beg and the alms or the money would be put into the cloak and then they would wrap it up. The cloak for Bartimaeus was every part of who he was. It was an extension of who he was. But when Jesus calls him, we see him throw his cloak to the side. As if to say, I'm not just passionate and I'm not just excited and I don't just have a good attitude. I am fully devoted to you. This is not emotion for me. This is devotion to you, Jesus. And as he approaches Jesus, Jesus looks at him and asks him almost what appears to be a silly question. Jesus says to the man, what do you want me to do for you? Sometimes Jesus asks questions. You're like, Jesus, come on, man. I thought you were like omniscient. Like, this don't take a prophet. He wants to see. But Jesus 
He does this many times to people because he actually wants to get us to articulate out of the heart the mouth speaks. He wants us to speak and specify the very thing that we need him slash want him to do in our life. Why? Because Jesus understands us more than we understand ourselves. He knows that you and I, we can get real comfortable with dysfunction. We get real comfortable being broken. There's a lot of people that, that talk like they want to be healthy, but they don't act like they want to be healthy. Oh, I'd love to have a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, you, you keep saying that, but you, you still haven't changed your diet. You still haven't gone to the gym. I want financial freedom. I, I hear you, but like you're not really doing anything. You're still swiping that credit card, bro. I want a healthy marriage. Okay, probably gonna have to actually be honest about the porn addiction at some point. I wanna be a part of a great church. Do you? You do? Yeah, yeah, I love Vu. You've never given a dollar. You've never served a minute. What do you, what do you, what do you want? Jesus forces us to articulate the thing that we're coming to him for. As he moves towards Jesus in faith, Jesus, all right, you got to lay over here. What do you want me to do? I want to hear you say it. He says, I want to see. Because Jesus is telling you and I that whatever we can't talk about controls us. And some of us, we don't want real healing. The moment we want real healing is the moment we actually articulate the pain in our heart, the area that we were hurt, the place that we were let down, the place that we were dropped, the place that we were disappointed. We actually have to articulate that over to Jesus. And it's in that moment that Jesus begins to show up in our life. You know the miracle that Jesus doesn't usually do? The one you don't ask for. Some of us are upset with Jesus for not doing things in our life, but you've never even brought it to him in prayer, ever. Or you just did it one time. Come on, parents. We all know that our kids in my house, you had to ask me like 18 times. Ice cream, ice cream. No, no, no. 18th time. All right, here's some ice cream. There's something about our God. He loves our persistence. He loves us asking and articulating what's in our heart. I want to see, I want to see, I want to see. I've been laying here on the roadside for year after year after year. I've been hoping and waiting that one day I could see, and now you are here, and I'm telling you what's in my heart. I long to see. I think it's important that we make a connection. This is for the people in our church, those of us that are online that are part of our community. On December 10th, as we bring an offering, it's a faith exercise. And as we bring an offering, I think we should insert ourselves for a moment into this moment in time. Imagine as you bring your offering as a faith exercise, not to get something from God, but to draw close to God. If he says, what do you want? Have you even thought about your answer? Whenever I do something sacrificial and whenever I do something that requires faith, I always attach it to articulating specifically the thing that I'm asking God to do. It's not superstition, it's not legalism. It's that he's a good father, I'm his kid. And going, God, as I bring this offering to you, if you don't do one more thing for me, I'm good, you are faithful, you are amazing. But Lord, here's the thing I'm waiting on. Here's the thing I'm believing for. God, could you do this for me? This message today is not meant to confuse you or be complicated, because some of you are like, well, how do I know when I'm ready? It's really simple. Jesus will tell you. 
This message is about how you wait. I'm gonna wait in celebration. I'm gonna wait with passion. But then I am going to stay in the fire. I'm gonna stay in the challenge. Trials are temporary. Triumphs are eternal. I'm not getting out of this oven until he pulls me out. You will know you're ready when Jesus says you're ready. What do you want? He goes, I want to see. And Jesus says, go. Your faith has healed you. And then watch this. Immediately. Someone say immediately. Immediately, Bartimaeus received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Immediately, he received his sight. This is what I love about God. God's speed is quick, but his clock feels slow. God's speed is quick. When he does it, it's fast. But waiting on him always feels slow. You always know it's a God thing when people are like, yo, that just happened overnight. You're like, overnight? <sighs> Try 16 years overnight success. People look at Voo Church and they're like, man, God's done overnight. It, it, bro, this ain't no eight-year story. <laughs> God spoke this stuff to me at 17 years of age. God is quick with his speed, but his clock, it feels slow. God's never late. But how many of y'all know, rarely is he early. He's on time. He's on time, he's on time, he's on time, he's on time. And immediately Bartimaeus could see. And I don't know if you noticed it, but there in the text, this is important that we catch this as a Jesus community. The Bible says that he received sight, and then what did he do? Then he followed Jesus. What's the point of seeing if you're not gonna follow Jesus? What's the point of getting vision if you're not gonna get in line behind Jesus? Please understand at Voo Church, regardless of what the wall says, every dollar that we give and every bit of this community is that we might have a vision that others in this city might follow Jesus. And I am declaring out loud that in 2024, we're going to see more people have their eyes opened up. Not so they can just get their healing, but they're going to get their healing so they can follow Jesus. Become disciples of Jesus. Are you waiting on a miracle today? Are you waiting on a miracle today? Don't go blind. Don't lose your vision. Don't throw it away. Put your hope in God. Not the result, not the outcome, not the miracle. In Jesus, put it in Him. And as you put it in Him, you celebrate. I'm not there yet, but I'm further than I was yesterday. Get you some balloons. Spike your hair up. Get some shoes. Stand on your tippy toes. One of those rides, Wild got on because didn't, they didn't know it, but he was standing on my, on, on my toes, his heels. We got him on one of those rides. Thank you, Slinky Rye. That's God, right? God would be like, all right, you're not tall enough, but I'm gonna let you. Stay in. Stay in the fire. Stay in. You don't want a quick fix. You want healing. You want restoration. You want to come out and you want foundation. You want stability. You want to be built to last. I don't want to swell at Voo Church. I want to grow. And I know that growing is slow. So let's take our time and let's enjoy the journey as we wait 
on his miracles. I'm telling you what no eye has seen and no ear has heard what God has in store for Food Church. Come on, if you believe it, can you give God some praise? Come on, can you give God some praise? Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.